What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and then hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you to be. Please shoot me an email and give me a feedback on today's episode and feel free to hit me up with more questions for future episodes at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, which will help other people discover the show. If the show is a gift for you, then potentially it can become a gift for them as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about annulments. We're also going to talk about dating. I, I love that. I love when I get questions about dating because um, whenever I was at LSU, they called me Father Hitch. If you know that movie from Will Smith, you know what I'm talking about. And finally, we're going to get into some theology and we're going to talk about Jesus and his divinity and his human nature and all that jazz of the hypostatic union. Uh, but before we get jumping into today's topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story this week is about intercessory prayer. I, I recently um, had an experience where I perceived that I was being attacked by Satan, right? There's three ways that Satan tempts us. He tempts us via suggestion, delight, and temptation to um, consent. And I was definitely experiencing some suge- suggestions from Satan in my mind. And so I reached out to a, a friend of mine who's a mentor who is very much a, a father to me. And I immediately was like, you know what? I think I'm being attacked. I need to go and pray. I need to go spend some time with this holy person, have holy community. And so as I was going to spend time with this person, another friend of mine from another side of the country hit me up via text in, in my phone and was like, yo, I, I think you're being attacked right now by Satan. I can, I'm feeling it in prayer. I just want you to know that you're winning the battle right now. You're winning the battle. And I was like, yo, praise Jesus Christ, because I thought it was an attack. But sometimes, I don't know, I might be crazy. And uh, so whenever this other friend who does not know, my other friend who I was going to see, perceived in prayer that I was being attacked and that I was winning because I was choosing to run to community who could pray over me and pray with me, um, I I definitely uh, felt the Holy Spirit. And I felt like the Lord was just confirming that and, and affirming me in seeking out counsel and seeking out help, seeking out community whenever I felt um, the weight of the attack that I was going through. And that's not the first time that's happened. There's there's other cages in my life where um, people have reached out to me in the moment where I'm really perceiving an attack from the enemy to let me know that they're praying for me at that moment and that they know something's going on. They don't know what, but they know something's going on and and they're interceding for me. And I just, I love that. I love that um, members of the body of Christ are bold and are not living in fear. And they are just going out there, sharing their gifts, and and they're okay with with maybe being wrong sometimes, and like, but they're but they're going out there and they're sharing their gift. And so, to everybody who has that charism of intercessory prayer, uh, thank you. And to everyone else, you know, we we all have gifts in the body of Christ, and I really want to encourage you to to use your gift boldly and share your gift with the the body because it certainly has uplifted me to know that I have brothers and sisters in the Lord who are intentionally praying for me and walking with me and accompanying me, this little broken and perfect priest, um, toward Jesus. And so that's my glory stories. I'm super grateful for all my intercessors out there. And I just want you to know if you are praying for me, God is hearing your prayers. And I am super grateful for them. And more importantly, I'm grateful for you. All right, before we get into today's topics, I have some follow-up from previous episodes. The first follow-up comes in from David. David says this, Dear Father Josh, praise be Jesus and his holy mother. I was listening to your podcast last week about the lady who was sexually assaulted and has started to lose her faith. My heart was moved by the story, and I prayed for her. Oh, thank you, David. 
Uh, speaking of intercessors, look at that. Uh, the next morning, I was at Mass at school. It was last Friday morning. While praying for this young lady, the psalm response was, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Oh, I love that scripture. It was Friday, April 1st, readings. Please pass this on to the lady uh, that the Lord is closer to her now more than ever before. He has plans for her. Do not despair. She is not less because of what has happened. It is a heavy cross. I will continue to pray for her to our Lord and his mother and Padre Pio. God bless you, Father David. Man, David, thank you so much, brother, for your prayers of intercession. I love how the Lord um, gave you that scripture passage at Mass on Friday, April 1st. Uh, that is such a gift, and it is true. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He is definitely close to those who are wounded. Our next follow-up comes in from Tim. Tim, eh? Uh, Timmy says this, Father Josh, I just wanted to say thank you. My name is Tim. I'm a seminarian from St. Paul, Minnesota. I love Minnesota. It's such a great place. And you have been such an inspiration for me to go to seminary and pursuing God's plan for me to be a great saint. Oh, man, dude, dude, stop. I remember when I was very unsure about going to seminary when I was a senior in high school. I couldn't imagine everything I would have to give up. And I didn't even want to be a priest. Dude, I didn't want to be a priest either, but I fell in love and and love makes us do crazy things. I was so scared. My brother told me about the vocation video you did with Ascension Press and that I had to watch it. It struck me to the core because of your witness and the words that priesthood is the greatest gift I could have ever received. It helped me persevere in the application process, and now I'm a junior in seminary college. Praise God. I was also listening to your latest podcast, and you talked about how you remembered that moment that you fell in love. That inspired me to go back and look at the day I fell in love with Jesus, which was April 13th, 2013, while in adoration on a retreat. That anniversary is this Saturday, and now I get to celebrate it with St. John Vianney while I'm traveling to Ars, France. The Holy Spirit really spoke through you in that story, and it's an incredible gift to me. Thank you. The Spirit inspired me to share these things with you. Praise the Lord. I'm praying for you, Father Josh, and will mention you by name this Saturday at the tomb of St. John Vianney and that he would intercede for you to be a great priest, saint. God bless you, Tim. Oh, man, Tim, you have no idea how much this means to me, dude. Like, this feedback is um, piercing my heart right now. I have a special love for the priesthood and for and, um, and for people who are discerning this particular path to sanctification. So trust that I'll be interceding for you by name, Tim. I'm grateful that you're going to St. John Vinay. I love him. I This past week at work, I read a passage from his sermons to my staff, and it convicted every single one of us. And uh, yeah, man, if I don't ever meet you in this life, which I'm sure we will because um, the Catholic Church is like, it's such a uh, small community whenever we realize how many people we all know and we can all get together and celebrate Mass. But if we don't get to celebrate Mass together on this side of uh, heaven, then I'll definitely worship God with you in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. So let's go be saints. Do not settle for mediocrity, Tim. Do not settle for mediocrity, but strive to be a great saint. Um, and finally, Anonymous writes, Father Josh, I just wanted to send you some feedback on your last podcast. During your closing prayer, you said you felt that the Holy Spirit was asking you to pray for those who are struggling with issues related to fertility. I truly believe the Holy Spirit was asking you to do this because it felt like you were speaking directly to me. My husband and I have been trying to conceive for three years now. This week, I found out that two people I know are expecting, which was really hard for me. Every time I find out that someone else is pregnant, I'm definitely happy for them, but honestly... I find it very difficult to not be jealous. This Lent, I've been trying to lean into Jesus' infinite love and asking him to shower me with his graces to help me to trust his plan. I know that his plan is perfect for me, but in my human weakness, I often doubt it. I became angry and asked why over and over again. 
Anyway, thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me through you and encourage me through this journey. You are in my prayers every day, Anonymous. Thank you so much, Anonymous. I, I, I can't imagine what that particular um, experience is like for you to desire to have a child and, um, and to experience the, um, this season of not being able to um, conceive. And so I'm definitely going to be praying for you. Uh, I, I don't know if you are familiar with NAPRO technology. If you're not, definitely I want to encourage you to Google that. Also, Creighton Fertility Care is a huge gift as well. Um, if you're in my area, call the church, and I can hook you up with some really great doctors who um, who specialize in, in this kind of stuff. Um, and then as I was praying for you, the song that came to me that I just want to share with you to potentially pray with is from a guy named Will Reagan. And it's actually two songs. One's called Climb and one's called Nothing I Hold On To. Uh, and I think that might these songs might be helpful for you um, in this new season that you're living in right now. Uh, the lyrics go something like this. I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. I give it all to you, God, trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me. And I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. There's nothing I hold on to. There's nothing I hold on to. Yeah, so see what happens is whenever we open up our hands and we don't grasp at what our plan is, but we're open to God's plan, whatever that might be for us, then we can receive the gift the greatest gift that he has in store for us because um, what gift he has for other people might not be good for our salvation. And so when we open up our hands and we say, I'm not going to possess my ideas, I'm not going to possess my dreams and my desires, but I'm just going to open up my hands and I'm going to acknowledge my desires, I'm going to acknowledge my ideas, I'm going to acknowledge my dreams, but I'm going to keep my hands open, then I can receive the greater gift that God has in store for me in my walk toward eternity, um, which will be different from any else who's not me because he has a unique plan for each one of us um, for our sanctification a plan for our goodness a plan for us to to dwell with him forever in heaven and so i just want to encourage you to keep your hands wide open so you can receive the gift that god has in store for you and only you in your walk toward him all right let's get into today's questions our first question is heavy on theology uh, the first question comes in from Noah, which, by the way, Noah, I just want you to know I love your name. I, uh, If I ever became a religious brother, like if I wasn't a diocesan priest and if I got to pick my name in a religious community, there are two names I would pick. Number one, it would be Father Fidelis de Eucharistia, Father Faithful to the Eucharist. I just I love the Eucharist, and I like the name Fidelis. Um, and if it wasn't that, it would be uh, Little Brother Noah. I just I love that name, Noah. Years ago, I met this dude. He was an intercessor of the Lamb. It's an old charismatic community that does not exist anymore from Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, I met this brother in the community named Noah. And I was like, dude, Noah, like Noah's Ark. That is the coolest name ever. So shout out to the name Noah. Uh, and thank you for, for everything you've done for us, Noah, with that, with that ship and everything and the two-by-twos, man. That was just a great idea. So anyways, Noah says this. Hi, Father Josh. My name is Noah from Toronto, Canada. Shout out to Canada. I'm going to be coming to Canada uh, this week, actually, uh, next week, whenever the show airs, I'll be in Canada with Sister Miriam James, with Heather and Michelle. We're doing a women's conference. So I imagine I won't see you there, Noah, because it's a women's conference. But nonetheless, I will be in Canada. And so we will be in the proximity of each other, I'm sure. And Noah says this, I love listening to your podcast. I have a quick question for you. 
as Jesus was growing up as a child, how did he know that he was the son of God? I understand he was preaching in the synagogues at a very young age, but how did he truly and faithfully know that he was the anointed son of God? And could he have been skeptical or questioned that he was during his discernment? Thank you so much, and may God continue to bless you in your ministry, Noah. No, that is such a good, good question. It's a good, good question. It's what it is. It's what it is. That's what it is, and you're going to get an answer from me. Yeah, so technically, um, Jesus Christ is a divine person with two natures. So there's one who two was. Who is he? He is a divine person, second person of the Trinity. What does he have? He has two natures. He has a human nature and a divine nature. However, whenever Christ, Jesus Christ, took on his human nature, he did not lose any of his divinity. And so Jesus Christ, being a divine person, always knew that he was the Son of God. He always knew that he was God um, because he lost none of his divinity. It's not like his divinity went dormant or was sleeping and it was like he was kind of figuring out as he was going along. He was always a divine person and his human intellect or his human nature was always in like perfect like alignment with his divine nature because he was a divine person. Um, so, yeah, there was no discernment for him. Uh, he was never skeptical about this. He never questioned it because he always knew because he's a divine person. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and ever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever. Yeah, and so if you want some more on this, then I would encourage you to lean into that big green book that we call the Catechism. The Catechism of the Catholic Church is one of the best books. And I said this before, I'll say it again. If you want to grow in the spiritual life and the interior life, um, the Catechism section on prayer is so good. So like, hold on to your Bible, hold on to your rosary, because Mary always says pray the rosary. The rosary is the gospels on beads. And cling to that green book. Or for some people, it's not green. Some of y'all have like a yellow one or something like that. But the Catechism is so good. Catechism section, um, paragraph 478. And also 471 through 475 um, basically break this down. Uh, Jesus Christ was always an all-knowing divine person. And so, um, yeah, he always knew. He always knew. He knows everything. And, yeah. So hopefully that was helpful. Check out the Hypostatic Union, all that jazz, really good stuff. But good question. But, yeah, nah, no discernment necessary. He always knew. He knows everything. Um, and he always knew he was God. All right. If y'all have any other feedback, any other questions about the hypostatic union, the divinity of Christ, his divine person, his nature's human and divine. Hit me up at Ask Father Josh and let me know what you think. Next question comes in from Chris. Chris was the name of one of my best friends when I was a kid growing up. Shout out to Chris. We played basketball together all the time. One time we were playing basketball and um, I think he he broke his leg somehow. Um, and I'm super awkward. And so when I'm in awkward situations, I'm, I'm less awkward now, but I was super awkward back then. And whenever I'm in like traumatic situations, I never respond appropriately. And when he broke his leg, I remember laughing because I was just nervous. I didn't know what to do. But he and I had some fun times together. He was just, he was a good friend. And um, yeah, we uh, definitely had some fun times together. One time we were at a party together and um, and we almost got in a big fight 
because he was talking to this girl who was dating this dude. And Chris didn't know that the girl he was talking to was dating the dude. I knew because I was at school with the dude and the girl. And Chris, um, he only had like one or two classes of seniors. So he didn't know a lot of people. And so when he came to this different neighborhood, which wasn't his hood, but I was aware of that hood, I was like, oh, no, it's about to go down. And I was friends with the dude and the girl, but I was better friends with Chris. So I was like, I can't let Chris get jumped at this party. So I went over to Chris. This is actually a really cool story. Just follow me here. So I went over to Chris to like make sure he didn't get jumped. And so now it's like he and I and two of his other friends and like me and, and then all those other kids who I was cool with at school, like they were my friends. But like at the same time, uh, I was close with Chris, so I couldn't let him get jumped. And so I just started wearing a scapular at this point in my life. I never wore a scapular before. I just started rocking a scapular. So shout out to the scapular. And so um, unfortunately, I took off my shirt because I was getting ready to fight. Right. You don't want to wear a shirt while you're fighting because it can get in the way. And my scapular was you know, on me. And the dude pulled a gun on me. The dude straight up pulled a gun out on me. And um, and by the grace of God, I credit this to the Holy Spirit working through that scapular. I didn't even see it. And so everybody broke up the altercation. We didn't swing on each other. It was beautiful. We made up. But then some people afterwards came up to me and said, Josh, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And they said, I mean, like, are you, are you sure? And I said, why are you asking me if I'm okay? And they said, he had a gun in your face. And I said, what? I didn't even see it. They said, no. Everybody was freaking out because he had a gun in your face. And I said, nah, I didn't even see that. So I credited it to the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother interceding for me. And uh, shout out to the scapular because it kept me safe. Because if I would have saw that gun, y'all, I would have screamed like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't want to fight. Let's make, you know, <laughs> have love and peace, not war. Uh, so anyways, praise God for that. So that's whenever I saw your name, Chris, I think about my buddy, Chris, who I've not seen in a long time. But anyways, you ask about annulled marriages, nothing to do with fighting or guns or scapulars. You say this, I've gone through an annulment proceedings and the annulment was finalized a few years ago. I really don't know what to think about the time that I lived in what was now unrecognized um, and it's an old marriage. I discussed it briefly with the canon lawyer during confession, but was the time in that marriage that is now annulled really time living in a state of sin? It seems like it would be, but I don't know how to seek penance on it or if I should because it seems like a confusing question to me. I'm not really sure on if I should seek reconciliation for it or if I need to or what. Uh, Chris, Chris, great. Another really good question. And so it really depends. Um, If that marriage, civil marriage that you entered into, um, which is now clearly not sacramental because the annulment shows us that it wasn't. And for those of you who don't know what annulment means, annulment means on the day that the person got married, um, something was missing. So like, Married love must be free, total, faithful, fruitful, the marks of Christ on the cross. And so maybe freedom wasn't there. Maybe somebody was pregnant and got married only because they were pregnant and they were felt forced. Maybe somebody was drunk when they got made their vows, and so they weren't really free to make that decision. Someone felt forced into the marriage through societal expectations. Who knows what it might have been? Um, total love wasn't there. They didn't plan on giving everything. They didn't plan on giving their fertility. They got married, but they did not want to have kids. Um, maybe it was faithful. Uh, fidelity wasn't there on the day of the wedding, not after, but like on the day you got married, you didn't really intend to be faithful to this one person forever, like no matter what. So like no matter what this person does, I'm going to be faithful to them, right? So you have to have the marks of, the, of Christ's love for the church on the day of. And so um, if that was the case and say like you, but you went to the church, you went through marriage prep, you got married or you got whatever dispensations you needed from the church to get married wherever it happened at. Um, but you really thought it was a marriage, and then you years later found out and discerned it wasn't a sacrament of marriage, it was only a civil marriage, then no, that wouldn't be a sin. However, 
if it was like a lack of form case where, say, you and your 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 spouse, your ex, um, chose to never go through Jesus in the church, but you just chose to like go to the the, the clerk of court and get married right by some judge, um, but you never went to get it sacramentalized by Christ, um, uh, then those years together would have been considered fornication because you never went to Jesus in the first place. You never went through the proper process that Christ gives us through His church to receive sacramental graces. So that that would be something to repent from. Um, and not only that, but to repent from like maybe even pride of thinking we know more than Jesus, right? When he gave us a sacrament. But if that wasn't the case, if it was the la- if it was the former where you went to the church, you went through marriage process and marriage preparation, and you just happened to one of the other persons because of psychological reasons or whatever was not able to on the day of the wedding, uh, really manifest the four, the four things that are necessary or, or and, and others, um, then I would say you're good to go. you no need to reconcile for that. So it really depends on your circumstance. It really depends on your case uh, and your situation. And so um, uh, hit me up with more with more information. Uh, shoot me another email and let me know uh, if this was helpful enough or if you need me to go deeper with that particular question. All right, what do y'all think? Do y'all have any additional advice for Chris? Write me at Ask Father Josh. Just ask frjosh at ascensionpress.com and let me know. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure Studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note, send it to me as well, and we will play it on a future show. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. This helps other people find out about the show. Our last question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about asking a girl out. He says this, Hello, Father Josh. First of all, thank you for your great podcast. I listen to the episodes in the train, and it's a wonderful way to start the day. I have a question about dating. There's a girl at my church whom I quite like. She seems very serious in her faith, and after talking to her on a few occasions, I think she might like me too. Now, I've heard many times that ambiguity isn't a good thing and that the best thing to do is to clearly ask a girl on a date if you're interested in her. I think that's excellent advice, and so I was planning to do just that. However, I'm not sure about how well one should know a girl before asking her out on a date. Also, I may be wrong, but I feel like a date is the way forward because normal chat isn't going to help much with getting to know the important things that tell me whether I could potentially look for a spouse in her. 
Would you have some advice on how to make normal conversation useful at the before asking someone out on a date stage? Are there red flags or things to look for, etc.? Looking forward to your answer. Keep up the good work and God bless. Yeah, I mean, the only red flag that I would say is look at her finger. And if she has a ring on the finger, that means you shouldn't be having those kind of conversations with her. But no, but seriously, I definitely think that um, you, you want to just straight up ask her out. Because you're going to get to know her on the dates. Like, that's where you get to know people. Don't try to get to know her at church and try to get to know her, like, in the friend zone places. But if you're interested in her in a romantic way, then let her know. After church, when they say, hey, look, I would love to take you out for coffee. Do you want to grab coffee with me sometime? Because I'm really interested in you and in getting to know you more. Um, I like you, right? And I would like to get to know you. Like, be very clear. Define the relationship. DTR. Don't beat around the bush because otherwise you might get friend zoned and that would not be good for you because then you'll be crushing on her. She will think you just want to be a friend. And then when she finds out you like her, it might ruin the friendship. So I would encourage you to just straight up go to her as a man and ask her out and be open to her saying, no, I don't like you like that. It's really important for men to step up to the plate and be the ones to ask women out because that's the virtuous thing to do. It's not virtuous to wait for the woman to ask you out. Not that a woman can't ask a man out, but it's just not virtuous because uh, every time you ask someone out, you might get rejected. And so we don't want to ever place a woman in a position to get rejected. We want to place ourselves in the posture to be rejected potentially. So I would just say, ask her out for coffee, ask her out for drinks, ask her out for dinner, and make sure when you ask her out, you're letting her know, I want to go out with you because I'm interested in you and in getting to know you more because I really like what I've seen in, in, in our few conversations. Um, and, and then let her go from there. Um, so unless she has a, a, a wedding ring on that finger, a wedding band on that finger, then I say go for it, man. And if she doesn't, um, if she doesn't catch the bait, then then move on. It's cool. Like y'all, y'all can continue to be friends potentially, or you just continue to to coexist in the same environment and worship God together. And there's someone else out there potentially for you, or you might be called to the celibate lifestyle in some way, shape, or form. But uh, definitely be the virtuous person and go ask her out and be very clear with your intentions that you are romantically interested in getting to know her better. Um, I think women like it when we don't beat around the bush. Um, and when we don't do the friend zone stuff, because I've talked to many girls like, man, I just don't know if this guy likes me or not. Like we're hanging out, but I don't know. They don't trust me. They do not. They just want to know like, yo, like my eggs ain't getting any young anytime soon. Like, let me know what's up. So uh, that's my advice for today. Uh, Universal points is virtue says that we will take the risk of being rejected. So when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to to anything and everything, really, like, be virtuous and, like, be open to someone, like, turning us down. Like, don't put the weight and the pressure on them to do that. When it comes to annulments, um, they, and whether or not you should repent from anything before you receive the annulment, it really depends on your circumstances, right? It really depends on if it was a lack of form case or a full-blown annulment. Full-blown annulment, probably not. Lack of form case, then there might be some repentance that's necessary. And uh, if, if you knew, right? Um, and then finally, um, did Jesus Christ know he was God? Yeah. I mean, the catechism is like really a great resource for us. St. Thomas Aquinas and his Summa is another really great resource. Thomas Aquinas is the doctor of the church. So if you want to go deeper than the catechism, I would encourage you to go to the Summa. And the Summa could give you some great, great resources to go deeper in your theology. Let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. I love you, and I can't wait to continue walking with you toward eternity. Pray for me, and I'll pray for you.